gonna make jokes about this, but you're like the professional at this, and this is the first time ever So lots of you know, uh, have fun with that. Yeah, for sure. We this I know this is like kind of a serious conversation, but we should still have a good time. That <laughs> merge right now. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. So we'll begin. Uh. All right. So. I was making jokes with Kiana before we got live. And this is my first time ever hosting the podcast. I've been a couple. Kiana is a pro, as we'll talk about. Um, she is like, Kiana Fitzgerald is one of my favorite living music writers. I mean, I've read a lot of her stuff and everything is just so on point. And also one of my favorite human beings. We never met in person. So it's weird to say that, but like <laughs> Zoom, you get a vibe. With phone, you get a vibe. Just like, you could just tell. She's just a great human being. And I'm so happy to have her. Um, you know, like I said, she's a journalist and a podcaster, an on-air commentator. Um, she works in the music field and she is a champion of black culture and mental health advocate, like particularly on TikTok. So if people are on TikTok, we're going to put a link in the show notes. She's got 20,000 supporters on there, views with just hundreds of that. How many, I don't know. You even know the number. Yeah. Let's, let's just bring you on. Like, I mean, your, your TikTok work is we're going to play something from that in a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the intersection between the, the music, the black culture, mental health is how I found out about you. It was like this piece that you wrote for vibe back in 2019. I mean, am I right? Was that one of the first pieces about Kanye and, and bipolar disorder? Is that, is that fair to say? One of the first, I would say, um, I had written about him before when he first revealed his diagnosis in 2018, but that one was more of like an introductory sort of piece. Yeah. And the one that I wrote in 2019, Revive, was much more, okay, let's get to the nitty gritty of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's unfolded for a while. And, you know, on the uh, Shuffle Secretary Substack, I've, you know, I've written a lot about Kanye and... um you know, I, we both, that's the thing is me and Kiana both share, you know, we're living with bipolar disorder and we're open about it. And it's part of our work. It's part of our, you know, it's not our own, it's our only identity, but it is part of our identities. And, you know, so we wanted to have a conversation, you know, I'm also Jewish and um, you can't see Kiana on this, uh, <laughs> on, this on this podcast, but, you know, you can introduce, you know, uh, a black woman. And so we wanted to have like an intersectional conversation about some of the stuff that's going on, um, you know, with him and, you know, with us and everyone. So, um, yeah, so more, more things to say is just, you know, I, you know, I, people know I've done a little bit of publishing. My first thing was in the New Yorker about Kanye, but since then I haven't done that much mainstream things Whereas Kiana is like working in the mainstream media. Like she's, you know, Rolling Stone, NPR, I mean, the fader, the list, the list goes on. So I mentioned vibe, like, and she's got a book coming out ne uh, next year. That's a, you know, part of the big five group, like, you know, writing press is part of it. And so, um, you know, she's a big part of the mainstream media. And so the the thing that struck me was and then NPR too, you know, with the pop culture happy hour that, you know, featured me so kindly, that was just so generous of you. And um, the thing that struck me is like, she's out there also calling out the mainstream media saying like, what can we, can we be handling better in this conversation? Is that, is that fair to say? Like, well, how would you, how would you address that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I feel like it's not my job necessarily, but it's a mission of mine to educate and to inform and to provide context, especially when it comes to mental health and mental illness. And I feel like 
mainstream media doesn't really have a grasp on this conversation yet. And that being said, most of the people who are leading this conversation about Kanye West or Ye now as he is known, um, the people who are leading this conversation don't understand what he's going through. They, they've never had a manic episode. They've never been hospitalized. So I really, you know, just try to see my work as a call to action so people can really get an understanding of what this disorder is, how can it affect you, and how can it affect the people around you? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we, we are people who have the experience and, you know, I think media, we talk about this media is supposed to mediate between, you know, the public and the the subjects so that un- people can understand it. And sometimes the mediation itself, as you're, as you're, I think you're suggesting it, like you have to have a qualitative experience of something before you can actually do the work to mediate it because otherwise that mediation just potentially gets lost in translation. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to play the TikTok. I think I'm going to splice that in. We are staring directly into the face of one of the worst mental health breakdowns we've ever seen. This is hands down one of the most challenging moments of my life, and I'm not even going through this episode myself. First things first, my goal is not to absolve this person of the things that they've done and said. Instead, my goal is to spread awareness and context and information that's accurate. As has been the case for who knows how many years, we've been swimming in a sea of misinformation and stigma. So what do you think happens to the people who are actually living with mental health diagnoses? They feel like they have to hide it, they feel voiceless, or they feel guilty by association. Ultimately, what ends up happening is the people who have the most perspective, the greatest insights into what we're experiencing, are shut down. I can only hope that we're on the precipice of a major conversation about mental health and wellness, but I really want to talk about mental illness specifically. This is how I feel. The people who are leading this conversation are not qualified to lead. I want to hear from the people whose diagnoses are the ones that are kept in the dark corners of this world. I want to hear from the people who have been manic, who have been psychotic, the people who have been hospitalized. I want to hear from the people whose lives have almost been destroyed by mental illness. That's who I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from the average Joe who's never experienced any of this before, who just is an armchair psychologist and has everything in the world to say but no experience to back it up. I want to hear from the people who are actually living this day in and day out. And the saddest part about this shit is I probably won't hear from many of those people because of how much stigma is attached to mental illness. You know, what are some of the things that we are missing if we're not having this experience? Like, what are, maybe we could go through some of the, the things that we're seeing in ourselves, potentially mm-hmm. in him, though, you know, we don't know what's in his mind, you know, too, is another part of it. But mm-hmm. what, are, what are what are people missing that we can maybe help illuminate here? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like there are textbook symptoms that Kanye is exhibiting. Um, you know, grandiosity, obviously, that's always been a part of his personality, but it's very, very extreme at the moment. And he's also, um, you know, just, he gets really excited. And when he speaks, he kind of veers from topic to topic, which is kind of that excitability, that um, that high functioning brain, you know, chemistry or whatever you want to call it. And also, you know, um, just engaging in um, provocative risky behavior and not even the traditional um, risky behavior that is associated with bipolar disorder, which is like promiscuity, spending money, that kind of thing. Uh, I feel like he's being really risky with his social capital and with Mm -hmm. his, um, with, with his money, you know, with, 
the way that he is moving throughout these spaces and having these conversations, he's losing money every day. So, um, you know, he may not be spending it, but he is losing it. Yeah. So I think that's another way that he's um kind of exhibiting those symptoms. Yeah. I mean, that's, I and mean, then, you know, it's also like, there's a, the martyrdom thing that I think people can feel where it's like, I'm going to do, I believe what I believe. I, and I know what I know. Cause I think like what's hard for people to understand is like when you're in that state, you just know, and mm -hmm. it's like a Gnostic thing, a gnosis that you talk about, you know, and, and like, I think we can get confused in that state where we think we know more than we know in a, like an omniscient way. Mm -hmm. In reality, we, we have a personal truth and we're very open in sharing whether or not that personal truth is going to be right for you tomorrow or right for mm -hmm. you yesterday or even five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. But like, you're going to elevate that personal truth sometimes to a universal. And that's, I think sometimes where it gets tricky, especially on like a, a public, you know, in a public platform, you know, so like, you know, you can say like, this is what I believe, but this is also what everyone else should believe. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I think you, you know, the, the, there's a martyrdom thing. He's like, I'm not really in the, like you said, risk all my social capital. Like mm -hmm. I've had those experiences on a much smaller scale. I don't know. Maybe you could speak to like, what kind of decisions would you make that, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe you could speak to that. I'll speak to my own experience, which is um, every single time that I've had a manic episode, a major manic episode anyway, because I've had several hypomanic episodes in addition to the big four that I've had, um, I've, they were between 2016 and 2019. So um, every time I had those episodes, I the first thing I wanted to do was rush to social media and tell everybody about my life, tell everybody about the wrongs that have been done against me. Um, I wanted to sue every hospital that I had been in, you know, like I yeah, wanted to... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had very strong feelings and I wanted the world to know it because I felt, you know, like a martyr or I felt like I was very self-important and also worldly, like worldwide important. Yeah. I thought that the world was watching me. You know, I thought, you know, there was, we can get more into the delusional aspects later, but, you know, I thought that I was on a reality show and I thought that everybody was watching me in the hospital. So, you know, there are a lot of things that I went through that I wanted to you know, turn to social media and reveal, quote unquote. And I feel like I'm seeing that happen with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, if you have, you know, delusions of grandeur is a symptom, right? We were, we, we, people probably know that, but just to, just to be clear, like, what if you are grandeur, you know, like, that's the mm -hmm. thing. It's like, we, me and you, we have our own little worlds, you know, you're, you're, you're medium world. I'm a smaller world, but like we have <laughs> some grandeur, but like, you know, Kanye is someone who could like believe that he could be president. Like I, I, I was going to say like an episode in June where I was on a plane for a little bit and like for like 10 minutes, I was like, had like a, like a pretty strong belief. Like, yeah, I should be, I'm going to be president one day. Mm -hmm. the way that, like, you know, but like, if you have a level of grandeur for lack of a better word, like why, why is it not, why, why is it hard to tell? It's hard to tell someone that they don't, they can't believe that. And mm -hmm. also, like as a society, we we want people to have grant to to have delusions that then come true. You know, I think yeah, I think that we 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 try to instill that in our in in people so that they can survive, you know, whatever capitalist system or you know ambition mm -hmm. that they want to have or make good things, make good things in the world. Like, I I, I was talking to this friend. It was, this is kind of a joke story, but it's like, imagine the guy who was like had those had sticks, a caveman who had sticks, and they like put him mm -hmm. out. They're like, Oh, you're just not helping. You want to make fire out of these sticks. Like that's never going to work. And he goes out and he's like ostracized the way that some people like can be ostracized and mm -hmm. who had this thing that when stuff happens to them. 
And then, but then he like makes the fire and they're like, oh, wait a second, come back in, you know, come back in. We mm-hmm. like, you know, now, now we want your fire. And then, so it's like, but then there's times where that person will never make that fire. And then, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. So it's, it exactly. is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, another thing I want to say is like, do you have experience where, are you having these episodes on meds? Because I have episodes on meds now. And it's like, what do, what do you make of that? And what do we make of this idea that like, you know, Kanye is not taking his meds and therefore, mm-hmm. but we don't even know that. No one's saying, no one knows that for sure. Yeah, there's so much we don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just kind of assuming and guesstimating at this point. But yeah, I've definitely had um, episodes through medication. And when I had those experiences, I was like, oh, snap, like this means that I'm not supposed to be on this because if I'm going through this anyway, clearly God is trying to talk to me and he's getting through any way he can. So that's how I feel whenever um, I'm like going through episodes through medication. Um, But yeah, in general, I feel like we don't know what Kanye is or isn't taking. He has never revealed. I mean, he said, you know, the Lexapro line in um, a song off of the life of Pablo. And um, so, you know, it's like like making antipsychotics too. Yeah, exactly. That stuff. But yeah, yeah. 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 And even um, his 2018 album, Yay, um, which had I Hate Being Bipolar, it's awesome, awesome on the cover. He says, um, you know, like they take me on meds, off meds, you know, bipolar is a superpower. I'm a superhero. It's not a disability. So, um, you know, I, I relate to all those things, especially as someone, you know, who is type one, who does experience the very extreme mania. Um, I know what, what he's talking about. So that I, when he said the, you know, the medication on and off switch kind of thing, I was like, man, I've been through that too. You know, like, I've gone through periods where I've tried to kind of go it alone and stay the course by myself and it didn't go very well for me. Uh, And then I've had moments where I've been on medication and I've had to like, you know, take a pause from work and fly home and kind of get over it on my own without being hospitalized. So there, there are so many different variations of the experience. Yeah. That's the thing I think people don't get either too, is like, I have a friend, you know, who had a, had an episode, but it was related to cannabis and and things like that. And Mm -hmm. And then they're not on medicine and they've recovered. And and so we share like science articles, like a lot of times, like the best outcomes are not, you know, staying on these meds, you know, and I yeah. think people don't understand that because they're like, just take the pill and, and um, you know, but there's like, there's all sorts of things that happen, like dementia, like there's like mm-hmm. dementia and brain issues. And so, you know, if you take years of meds, like you might have other kinds of brain issues that are you know that you almost are the same thing as having a mental illness you might have kinds of dementia where you're saying things that are even crazier you know whatever exactly get to that point but Mm -hmm. um you know i so i think this kind of judgment that i think we're seeing like is just like that's another thing is just there's so many aspects of judgment coming on the situation and and i and i understand why that happens because there are real world effects, you know, for other people besides this person. Whereas for me and you, there are real world effects, but it's more contained, you know, within mm-hmm. our communities or friendships or families. But okay, so I think I think one of the things we're seeing is, you know, there's just polarizing, there's polarizing reactions and not much subtlety. Can you can you help like what would you say as a media person? Can you help well, how would you illuminate some of the subtlety? So Number one, I'm not defending Kanye at all. <laughs> like, I don't agree with anything he said um, regarding like anti-Semitic comments or anything like that. Um, but I do know that when I have my own episodes, I become very, very, very militant 
Um, I care a lot about the Black struggle, Black uplifting. I care about, um, you know, uh, reparations. I am very, very in tune with, um, I like to say my ancestors, you know, um, I know that's kind of like, oh, a little bit tricky to talk about that. But, you know, I just want to be honest about what I feel and what I think I'm going through in those moments. And I feel like there is like a lineage of people who have been through so much living in my bones and yeah. they are trying to communicate and they are trying to like get their message out. And for that reason, I feel like whenever I am having episodes, I become very, um, aside from the hypomania when I'm like all loving and, you know, obsessed right. with oneness and everything like that. Once I hit actual mania, that's when I become aggressive. That's when, when I become irritable. That's when I become very much like us versus them. And, you know, in this situation, them as white people, you know, it's not necessarily, um, you know, Jewish people. Like I've never had a specific sentiment about that, but it is very much like F white people, you know, like I can't do, like my first episode was like, we have to save everybody. Like we have to come together. We have to all be one, one people. And then my second episode and beyond was like, nah, scratch that. We're not doing it that way. Yeah. So that's how, that's how my experience went. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a process, right. Of, of the different, you know, different, you have the love and you go back to judgment. And for me too, it's like, for me, it is a Jewish Christian thing. And it's going to sound weird. Like I know when we play TikTok, like you talk about people like risking, you know, stigma, but like, you know, I've written four Jewish books, uh, humor books, but I also am really into Christianity. Like it was like really, really important in my my metanoia, I call it, or you know, just basically like losing my dad. It led, led, led to like a lot of growth, and I associate that with the Holy Spirit. I know we we talked about that. And I think mm-hmm. one thing I like to talk about is that I think the Spirit moves through through us. Like the Spirit was moving yeah. through the first time with love, mm-hmm. the second time, you know, some right, righteous, you know, uh, indignation. But you know, that's part mm-hmm. of the human experience and the spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. But um. It's, you know, I would vacillate, you know, in a way where I would, honestly, I would say very anti-Semitic things to, to friends and believe them. And, and for periods of time, like in episodes uh, recently, you know, in June, actually, when I, you know, shut down the, shut down the, the subsects, I mean, something mm-hmm. that came up was just like, uh, you just, an us versus them thing, where it was like, okay, like the, the Christians, they have the Holy Spirit and they're not neurotic and they, um, they understand that everything has a purpose and there's not the same fear and anxiety and mm-hmm. like everything's got to be done with time and space and the contracts and like it's just kind of like just trust in god and the love and everything will be mm-hmm. fine so like there is like historical reasons that these ideas come out like i mean you know and they're they're in the new testament literally in old testament and there's also you know just in people's books so you know you and and so so it's like i don't know it's hard to have these conversations, right? Because I mean, even even us now, like we're risk, we're risking things. I'm risking things by saying, yeah, absolutely, that, you know, and like, it's it's confusing because it's like, how can you be a Jewish person but also be anti-Semitic, and how can you be anybody and also, you know, not be hatred if you have hatred moments? And I think maybe media people have neurodiversity and have hatred in their hearts, so they don't share it sometimes, or maybe they 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 don't do the work to even know it or they don't you know want I mean no so yeah I mean I think it leads into conspiracy theories too and, and mm-hmm. cult like ideology that we're seeing like a lot of people like get they, they influenced by things and then it comes out so the ideas get 
I don't know. It's a, it's a fine line. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about him? What I'm saying, I'm obviously ranting in like a potentially, you know, Kanye, uh, <laughs> way, but you know, like that's part of the experience. You know, I don't know what to say. I'm also like, was working at a day job all day. I'm functioning, you know, it's like, it's just mm-hmm. part of who we are. We're human. You know, I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. This is a human experience, you know, and while not everybody is going to experience extreme mania, um, I think everybody goes through a moment of like heightened awareness or yeah. elevated energy, you know, like I think anybody can relate to that. But I do want to say that, um, you know, I feel like, you know, when I have, when I have been manic, I have said things not only against white people, but also other people of color. Mm. And that's not something I'm proud of because I see myself as a very, you know, well-informed, knowledgeable, good person. And, you know, but when you're manic, you just say things, you know, sometimes it comes from other people. Sometimes it comes from a TV show. Like I know when I'm manic, I repeat and I parrot things that I've heard in music, in pop culture, in my household growing up. Like I say things that I have never said myself. So I don't know if that's what he's doing, but I just want to make that clear that just because someone says something doesn't mean it's coming from an informed space and it doesn't mean it's coming from their personal perspective. They might just be in the throes of an episode and just be saying what the whatever comes to their mind, which could be anything. I mean, is this is this also like a spectrum? Like I think you know, we talked about this briefly, like I'm reading this book, Yoga by this French uh autobio fiction writer and the idea of like the best meditation is like no thoughts and the best writing is every thought imaginable all all at once all at the same time and like mm-hmm. are we overvaluing thoughts with these kinds of you know thought capturing things like like we have to like be beholden to every thought that's been recorded and put out like what do you is this like a bigger problem beyond medical and quote mental health issues like what do, what what do you think of it Yeah. Um, I think I was just talking to my sister about this earlier, how we're, we're at a point in history and a point in time where we are so hyper aware of every single thing that's happening in every corner of the world. And that does not make for health, you know, like good health. It doesn't make for good mental health. Um, and I feel like the constant documentation, the constant reposting and reposting and reposting of what so-and-so said or did it's just kind of like ingrained in our minds as normal now. And mm. this is not an ideal normal, you know, like I don't want to know what Kanye is doing every hour of every day. That yeah. is something I could do without, you know, and I feel like that's, I don't know when, you know, he first started exhibiting symptoms of mania, but I do remember being, um, being younger, you know, being in high school and then in college when he was really popular and well, yeah, when he was really popular and, um, you know, uh, and being like, you know, I don't agree with everything he says, but like, I only would see like a snippet of what he had to say, you know, social media wasn't really a big thing in like 2006 or whenever, you know, or college dropout came out 2004, but yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like at that time, all I heard was what was on the record in every other media quote from from here or there and now it's like this man can hop on instagram might get restricted hop on twitter get restricted but he yeah. can still hop on these platform hop on these platforms and speak his mind and it's not ideal because i just i can't speak to his health but i can only see what i see in myself And I know when I'm going through an episode, I do very similar things. And the last thing I need is a microphone in my face. Yeah. Um, 
So there's a story I'm like debating and relating. And I, and one of the things I want to do with the shuffle synchronicities podcast is like do some live shuffles. I think that'd be really mm -hmm. fun for, for me and for you and you know, whoever comes on and audiences. So, mm -hmm. um, I think we'll just, one thing I'll say is after we got the call, me and you, when we booked this, there was an Elvis, there's a song about Elvis called, uh, Elvis Presley booze by, um, I'm trying to think of the, the singer. It was, uh, yeah, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Yeah. yeah. And it's like all about like Elvis's decline. Like it's all about, you know, the day that he died, you know, and like, you know, just thinking about him as he's declining. And it mm -hmm. ends with uh this phrase like, Well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? Well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? Um, and you know, dad my dad like loved Elvis, you know, as a as a child. You know, we I think about Springsteen with him, but he also loved Elvis, and it's like you know, I think it, why people are like, why do you care about Kanye right now? People have told me that, like, why do you still care about this person? It's because, you know, he, his music meant so much. And then also he's the most public person with our experience, potentially, you know, I don't know, we yeah. can't define that exactly for him, but uh, so we're bound to see ourselves in his experience and, and want to at least understand, you know, for him and for ourselves, what is, what is going on? Is that, is that, is that why, you, is that how you feel so like, the, you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I feel um I feel very strongly about it um especially you know as someone you know who is black as someone who is who has lost a mother um you know someone right. who it, you know is bipolar or has bipolar disorder like I feel like there are so many commonalities between us and before he even revealed his diagnosis I was I knew he was, I knew he was bipolar. Wow. Um, you know, I was just like, I remember I wrote in a, in a journal, I was like, I hear Kanye calling my name or something like that. And, you know, it's just, I always have felt an attachment and an affection for him because I know what it's like to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to feel like you've been abandoned. And I know what it's like to um, be in a situation that you have to fight your way out of. And all those things, I think, make me you know, um, make him relatable to me. And I know so many people can't say that. I'm very aware of that. You know, I can't, I can't force anybody to see yeah. him the way that I see him. But yeah. what I can do is, you know, what hopefully I'm doing um, with this conversation, with my TikTok, with, you know, my Twitter threads that go viral or whatever. My goal is just to provide context. I just yeah. want people to understand what's going on here. And that, Yes, you know, he is an asshole. Yes, he's provocative. We we know that. We've been known that. But yeah. can we not look at the past handful of years and see that they are markedly different from the years yeah. before that? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's let's come back to that. But I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to shuffle because there's a story I have to tell about how this is all intersecting in my life in a in a way. And I'm trying to decide one thing about the ethics of the shuffle going forward is I got too heated with like writing about people in my life without their mm -hmm. consent, honestly. And so mm -hmm. I'm trying to like do this thing I call post memoir where you're just trying to keep the details of the, the subjects besides yourself out of the story as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And um, try to just extract the truth in mm -hmm. the greater the greater story and not so much the memoir details, you know, so that's why mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. So. I'm looking look for what I like to do when I shuffle is I just look like look for insight. I get kind of ask a question and just look for some insight from the shuffle. Um so 
basically what I'm wondering is like how much detail should I give in this mm. you know conversation that I'm about to, we're about to bring up um and so that's when I ask is just like how much should I share on the personal level or how much should be like a you know universal level so mm-hmm. I got my like songs playlist it's got like 88,000 80, songs and mm-hmm. we're playing on the phone because I think that's best way to record with I with the zoom stuff we'll, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens all right <laughs> how much should we talk about <laughs> all right takes a while a shuffle seems uh <clears throat> normal sometimes uh sometimes not maybe saying like don't do the shuffle i don't know maybe <laughs> i didn't press the button properly <laughs> no, let's let's see let it sit for a second it's a lot of songs now so mm-hmm. um the suspense is what's well, a shorten the suspense i'll press it again <laughs> it's, it's weird this is really weird huh <laughs> all right i pressed it again let's see um all right maybe i'll try it on my computer if it's not working on my phone i'm gonna move over the computer okay uh so this is not it i'm just gonna get off the that's not it let me do this okay let me set the intention again sorry we'll cut this out but or maybe not maybe it's funny um (laughs) all right so now i'm gonna think about how much should I be talking about this particular story that's coming up? Here we go. Wow. Uh, still not shuffling. This is like wow. weird, right? This what does like, that mean? <laughs> this is like something, hmm. I don't know what to make of this. This is uh, very curious. Oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. Came out. Uh, it's a West Montgomery song called Four on Six. So can you hear me, by the way? Yes. Okay, so uh, that's like a jazz musician, Four on Six, Four on Six. Okay, so to me, what that's the associations I'm feeling with this as a jazz plays is like the Enneagram is like four and six are numbers out of nine numbers. And like six is like a very like how I feel at work, which is like security, logistics, like, you know, responsive, get the thing, get the day job stuff done. Mm-hmm. Four is the energy of like self-revelation and the energy of like just revealing your, it's a very much like a memoir energy. I thought it was a four, really a more of a seven seems, but mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. It's a like four on six. So it's basically saying like, you know, we are weighing like what do you kind of care about, you know, mm-hmm. more? and that's been kind of what's going on in, in like a way is like I much more care about this work you know than than day job work I mean and that's I mean they probably know that I mean I, it's okay to say I think but mm-hmm. uh you know so yeah I four on six and so <laughs> I just gotta be relatively me somewhere in the middle so basically what I'll say is you know I have a day job and um yeah uh, how do I say this? So I have a day job where, you know, I work in the entertainment industry and, um, you know, leader, uh, you know, leader in the company spoke out about something that's going on, you know, what's going on with, with Ye and, um, and, uh, it's kind of galvanized people. I mean, it would have galvanized anyway, I don't know. And, and as a response, there's, there's been kind of a feud, uh, between the two of them. And, you know, on Wednesday, 
I work at this job as day job. I, I manage a screening room and there's like a lobby that's like the front facing lobby of the building. I mean, people go up to the third floor is like the regular lobby, but people don't know where they're going or if they go to this other lobby I, that I manage. There's not really a security guard. I mean, there's security around the building, but there's not security right out front. So, um, you know, I'm doing a screening and it's probably two person, but do the screening and like, you know, there's like a, someone comes in and says, you know, we got a, you know, the door is locked, you know? And so uh, I check and, you know, the doors are locked. And then, you know, there's, they're telling me that like, there's someone who like called in a threat, you know, to, to the building that we work at and, and the threat, you know, is associated with, you know, it's not, not associated, like literally not yay as in sent by him, but just someone is saying like, as a result of this public feud, like I want to come and do something to, uh, you know, your place of business and everything. And so we closed the the office for the day and, um, it was, it was scary. I mean, it was like, you know, you know, as I, as I'm trying to describe like the, the layout of the place. And so like all these kind of emotions were happening, right. Where I'm like, you know, the ramifications of what a bipolar person can say potentially in a state that they get out there in the public state and then in, mm-hmm. people pick up on it and it comes comes out from other people. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this either and maybe I won't keep this in, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love how we treated Yay. I mean, I not 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 just the person, the other person, but just anybody in this in the in the media in the sense of like it's different when someone's going through an episode, what you're gonna do to them financially or whatever. Whereas, you know, when people are doing things that you can speak out about, I think I think if someone's going through a mental health crisis, like you can press pause on their on their business or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I'm not a business person. I work in a screening room, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. podcaster in this way for a second here but yeah i mean what do you what do you, what can we what how can we advise entertainment leaders about how to deal with this like either either as media people or as mental health advocates like mm-hmm. maybe we're not maybe no one's going to ask me but you know maybe you or anyone who knows but what, mm-hmm. what what would you advise like entertainment leaders to do with the situation i guess is that okay yeah. To is? Yeah. yeah that's a fair question and i kind of want to tell a story about yeah. what i've been through yeah um so i used to work for this hip-hop media company in manhattan and i had my second episode in the office yeah. and i was you know saying things that didn't make sense i was irritable you know i was i was on edge I wasn't myself and they knew that something was off. So, you know, they, I was, you know, in one of the leaders office offices and, you know, they were just kind of like, okay, so can you explain to us what's going on with you? Like, has this happened before? And I was like, yeah, it's happened before, you know, like have my episode. I didn't know it was an episode. I was just like in the clouds, like, oh yeah, God has spoken to me before. Like, you know, this is, this is uh, his return or whatever. And what they did was, um, and I'm very grateful for it. I know it wasn't, I don't know if this is legally what they should have done, but what they did do was they, um, they gave me an opportunity to, um, to call my sister who is, um, pretty much my next of kin at this point. And, um, she explained to them that, you know, I had been through a manic episode before we didn't know what it was, but clearly it's something that needs to be managed. So, um, you know, they were like, okay, well, we're going to take her home. We're going to sit with her for a while 
and then we're gonna you know leave her and then come back and see her tomorrow so um you know even though that wasn't like a perfect plan because I ended up going back to work the next day um you know they did kind of surround me and try to make sure that number one that I was okay and that I wasn't you know just left to my own devices and two um, you know, they they reached out to my loved ones and they tried to see like, you know, what's something that we can do for her in the moment. And so long story short, I ended up having a friend um, hop on a bus from DC to New York to come um, stay with me for a night. And then she ended up taking me to a hospital. And that's how that episode ended, um, you know, was me staying in that hospital for about a month. But I think the the key part here is I was um, I was surrounded by people who had good intentions and I wasn't left to just fend for myself. And I feel like that's what's happening right now for Ye is he's mm-hmm. literally fighting for his life right now. And yeah. we may not see it that way because he's still being witty or he's still being annoying or whatever word we want to insert there. But he is still going through a crisis. And yeah. I, from the visibility of it, the optics, it doesn't look like anybody is trying to help. Or if they are trying to help, they are not being received with like openness to that help. So I think that's something that, um, yeah, I just, I just want people to try to do something and to not automatically be punitive in action. Because I feel like that is exacerbating the situation. Because I know when, I mean, you can speak to this too, like when you feel that energy, it's a very like, you know, we talk about the us versus them thing and you, and you can divide it many binaries in many different ways, but it's very much like a love versus like fear, anger, you know, the mm-hmm. bad emotions versus the good emotions. And so mm-hmm. if someone's giving you that, that bad energy, like, what do you feel like you could like in that, when you're in that state, like you just, mm-hmm. how do you respond? I mean, I know how I respond, but what do you, what do you do? Yeah. Just, <laughs> respond, but like, yeah, you know, like, I'm ready to fight. Like I'm ready yeah. to go. I'm like, how dare you not respect me and my godly aura? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm trying to bring peace to this world and you're meeting me with like up energy. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. So I just become very, very, you know, oppositional. I become very defensive. Um, I, I, I feel like the world is against me and I feel like that's okay because God is on my side and I'm going to show everybody and I'm going to prove everybody wrong in the end. And yeah. I feel like that's how he feels right now. Yeah. I think the other thing to say is like, you know, again, with the post memoir stuff, like, you know, I wrote in the first year, you know, I'm just gonna say like, I've been divorced, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, and I lost my dad. I have my mom, my mom's very supportive and she's mm-hmm. a psychologist and she, you know, helps me a lot and but you know the idea that he's alone right you know or that and i mean not literally no you know but you know this idea of like when you lose your i mean i didn't have kids but when you lose like your family in that way like it can take years like i was talking to someone who who has a, a famous godson at work yesterday mm-hmm. and they're describing like a, a situation that happened to them and he, and I don't think this person was diagnosed with it. She, but she was like, yeah, he was like crazy for three years, you know, like mm. that's just from a divorce, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so you add that on top of it, you know, you add, you know, and I think one thing we talked about is like when someone dies, like, I think, can you go through like the, the chronology of like, cause we both have had, you know, my dad passed and that totally changed my life. And I didn't mm-hmm. have really like a, like a major episode between 21 and 35 when that happened. Mm-hmm. And I went deep into inner work, like right as it was happening, maybe two months later. And for the first time yeah. ever, really, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, can you talk about like, so your experience was similar in certain ways, mm-hmm. 
you, you want to share? Is that okay? Or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, my mom passed away in 2009 and I was 19 years old. I'm 33 now. So, um, you know, she passed and I kind of had to be the strong one for the family and even though I'm the baby. So um, it was very much like, all right, I'm the glue. I got to pick up the pieces and figure out like, how is our family going to move forward? So I didn't really have time to grieve. And then aside from that, I was also, you know, in college, you know, I was going into my junior year, I believe. And I was also um, self-medicating, you know, I was, um, I was doing things that I never expected to do. It wasn't like, it was, it was pills, you know, it was just, I was just doing ambient. It was so stupid, but, you know, I'm glad that that's in my past, but, you know, that was a part of my phase of getting over it was just like, I'm just going to numb the pain. So I didn't really deal with that death until I started going to therapy in 2016. Mm -hmm. And that was the year that I had my first episode. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, doing a lot of, you know, emotional work, a lot of forgiving of myself, forgiving of my mother for leaving when I wasn't ready for her to leave. And I remember there was an episode, uh, a, a session, a session with my therapist where I remember sobbing and I was like, I thought I was over this. Like it's been X amount of years. Like I'm not over this. And she yeah. was like, it's okay. Like you can still grieve at any time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that I didn't really take into account. So that's the last therapy session that I remember. And then almost immediately after that, I had my episode wow. and I was like, I remember being in the hospital and talking to my roommate there and being like, oh, you're such a great therapist. Like I thought she hypnotized me. I was like, oh, wow, I'm working through all these issues. And this is like a real world scenario, not knowing that I was actually in a mental institution. So, um, yeah, that's that's how that manifested for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is like the work, you know, everybody talks about the work, like the work mm -hmm. is messy. Like in like, yeah. like, I mean, in June, you know, when I had the thing where I I brought them to the Substack. Like I, I'm gonna write about it, but like, it was really messy, but really healing. Like I did mm -hmm. this. Like it affected people, some people negatively, and some people positively, and both. And one of the things that came out of it is like a lot of healing at mm -hmm. the same time. And like, mm -hmm. so, but a lot of, but like a lot, but like I, like I said, like I said, like I said, literally anti-Semitic things, like to people that is also in process of healing with, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I don't know how to like say it, but the work is messy. And like, when you have someone on a public scale like this, like doing the work that it's almost endless, it's endless work, you know? Yeah. You know, so in June, the episode, like I didn't think again that I was having an episode. And I still, I think that I might've had an episode and I agree that that's true, but I also think it was necessary. And I think that's, that there's like a there's like a a Holy Spirit element that like mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit wanted me to go do something with this episode, mm -hmm. and let it happen, and let the chips fall where they may, mm -hmm. and like, I, and maybe that's the wrong thing. Maybe that's you know again the martyrdom thing. But I think like in the long run, it did help me and help other people, even though it was very painful in the short term. And I can't apply that generally to any to everything. But I think in this particular circumstance, it, it's true. But but I think there is something that people don't get where they're like, um, why can't this person see that they're maybe, you know, ill right now? Like, and, mm -hmm. and I think like, you know, I, I, my friend and I joke, it's like a symptom is literally, you don't know that you're going through a symptom potentially. I mean, there's, there's shades of it. It could be hundred percent. You don't know. 
It could mm-hmm. be hundred percent you do know, or it could be somewhere in between. And so it's not, it's like, it's like telling someone like, don't, not just like, don't ignore your heart attack. It's telling someone, you know, don't have the heart attack. Cause it's a symptom that you don't know what you're going through sometimes. Mm-hmm. So has that been your experience? Have you had like that, that, that experience yourself? And how do you mediate that now for your, for, for the future or, or mm-hmm. yeah, what would you recommend there? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I have very much been in the midst of an episode and felt like there was nothing wrong. You know, I thought that, and I've, I've lost people in my life because I've been, you know, hypomanic or on the verge of mania and I refused to believe it. And they refused to deal with me until I fessed up to it. And even after the situation passed, I was still so proud that I was like, I'm not ever going to talk to this person again, because I feel like I didn't go through anything. Uh, But looking back, you know, a few years later, I'm like, oh yeah, I was definitely going through something. And yeah. So in general, I feel like when I'm manic, I feel like the most at peace and I feel the most connected to myself and to the world and to my loved ones, even though, even though I'm not you know, in the right mind state, quote unquote, I feel like I am. And I feel like I have the ability to like bring people into my world and help them to kind of ascend with me. And that's my goal. You know, like I want people to be where I am energetically, emotionally, et cetera. So that's how it manifests for me. Yeah. Or to like bring them into your healing work that you're doing. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like a mixture. I think like the thing is everybody else around you experiences you as chaotic mm. at least and then internally it's like the most the most least chaotic feeling like it's like mm-hmm. i'm like not chaotic at all there whereas like when i'm neurotic and depressed or like anxious like in the mm-hmm. normal way people might experience me in the past or something still now it still happens like mm-hmm. like then that's not chaotic for them potentially and that that's yeah why it's like it's it's difficult i don't know it's, it's like, so weird it's so, so weird. weird right like <laughs> And so I don't know, you know, cause it's also like people, people in my life are like, who I talk to you about this sympathetically. It's like, like, he's just kind of living like the, 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 he's just living the manic life. Like it's like, yeah. it's like a complete manic life. And when you're in that manic state, that's what you want to do. Right. You just want to mm-hmm. live indefinitely in the manic. Mm-hmm. State. And so I don't know. I mean, the Elvis song that I talked about, like I read a critique of it by a music critic and he's like, basically it's the, just a general idea that like we flame out, you know, like mm-hmm. people who live hard, live quote unquote, the way they want to, like, they're gonna, you know, flame out potentially, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, so it's like that six versus four thing for me, it's like, do I want to be in this conversation saying basically what comes to mind for, you know, most mm-hmm. of the time, or I want to, you know, hesitate and, you know, you know, you know, just, you know, worry basically about what everything's, yeah. how, how everything's going to land and how do we want to live? I mean, and that's, again, you could look at that as manic or you look at that as just in the spectrum of being you, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think what I wanted to do for sure uh, and maybe next is mm-hmm. I would love to do a shuffle with Yuki if you're, if you're okay. open to it. Like, yeah. I, so <laughs> What was, I think what we talked about is like, maybe you could just, if you wanted to talk about your book, cause I think that's coming out soon, right? Your book's coming out next year. If you wanted to mm-hmm. talk about it and then maybe use a shuffle in order to reflect more on, is that, 
Is that something you're yeah, that's, doing? Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I'm like trying to figure out which playlist I should shuffle. Cause like I have like, you know, like downloaded songs on my phone and then I have, oh, maybe that's what I should do, huh? Let's see. Well, I also wanted to say like, what do you, yeah. Cause I think we're, when we do this, I want to hear kind of how you view music when you're a man. Cause I know you mentioned that on the NPR, like that you have a similar relationship to music when you're a man. Mm, we can absolutely. talk about that as well as when we're doing this shuffle of like, you know, what does that look like for you? Like, and, and for, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So shuffle, then talk about that. Uh, or talk about that, then shuffle. What do you think? Yeah. You're, um, I would like to talk about it then shuffle. So I don't forget. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So, um, when I am manic, I, the first last and only thing I want to do is listen to music. Um, I, yeah. you know, like to talk to people a little bit here and there, but that's where I want to be in my headphones, just listening to music. And when I'm going through these episodes, I tend to find patterns or, you know, synchronicities or what have you. Yeah. And it feels like the universe is communicating with me. I'll like, I'll be, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, maybe we'll get into one later, but right. yeah, just in general, I feel like I'll listen to a song and I'll be like writing in my journal and I'll hear the exact word that I'm writing out as I'm listening to the music. Yeah. And so that's always an indication that I'm a Hennig. But um, also I I want, as I said earlier, I want to envelop other people into this space with me. So I tend to share a lot with my family and friends. Um, I know that like when I was, most recently hospitalized in October, 2019. Um, I was, you know, I had no music in the, in the unit. So I was just like remembering songs wow. and I would like, my sister would visit me. And the moments that I do remember are like writing down, <laughs> writing down songs on Bible pages for her and ripping it out of the Bible and giving it to her. Like, listen to this. You have a mission. You yeah. have to hear the song the way I hear the song. So, um, and then my brother as well, like, I remember one of my first episodes, I was just like, okay, I'm going to send you this album, listen to this album, call me back, tell me what you hear. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just am very, very intensely focused yeah. on music, especially hip hop. Yeah. I mean, do you see the synchronicities and the patterns when you're quote unquote normal? Like too, is it like, cause it's you can integrate that experience and then like, yeah. like, yeah, make it work within the, you know, quote unquote normal you know, yeah, self, but. definitely. I, I definitely uh, see little sinks here and there. You know, I see patterns um, and I'm like, oh, that was cute. But I'm not like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm not as as intensely focused on it, uh, but I, I definitely do have moments in normal life where um, I, I see and I hear and I feel it. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, so if you want to shuffle in relationship to the book, or if you want to shuffle in relationship to something else, like it's your choice. Like I want, you know, you use you use the intention. Like you can set your own intention too if you don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it in terms of the book. So it's up, up, this whatever you want to do. Yeah, okay. Can... All right. I'll shuffle and then I'll see where it takes me. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's see. I guess I will do downloaded songs. Let's go ahead and shuffle you. Ah, <laughs> okay. So it starts out a little quiet, um, but this is a song called, let me turn it down a little bit. Uh, this is called Yeah, Yeah by Young Nudie. Um, Young Nudie is an Atlanta rapper, East Atlanta. He's 21 Savage's cousin. So um, he is someone that I listen to a lot, a great deal. And my sister and I listen to him in the car anytime we're going somewhere, when we're getting ready. Um, 
And <laughs> I remember uh, this song actually went viral on TikTok earlier this year or last year. And uh, we were obsessed with it before it went viral. So wow. um, I'll pause it. But yeah, so I was like, what are the odds that this one song from like years ago goes viral on TikTok? I was like, oh, I know that's a sync right there. That's a synchronicity. So um, this song is very much a part of my like, like a building relationship with relationship with my sister through listening to him all the time. And then also just like, it was really exciting to see him go viral because I do adore his music, but I never thought he would go viral because he's not like a Drake or yeah, yeah. a 21 or anyone like that. He's very low key. He's very underground, but um, the people who know about him know. Is that also speaking to like your work on TikTok? Is that okay for me to say? Like, mm -hmm. like that's a medium that I think you're thriving in and going viral in. And then the way that, so you're basically saying that this rapper wouldn't have been as popular as he is without TikTok. Is that kind of what we are happy this moment at least? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, yeah, he has, um, and he's had some, some follow-up songs go viral as well, but this is the first one, the first one that, yeah, this is the first one that, that went up. And I was just shocked. Like I have children. I was just thinking about it because I never saw it coming. You know, it's like I said, it's an older song. It is like, like it's um, kind of ridiculous. Like the things yeah. that he says, I'm sure you'll hear it when you listen to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, he's just a very entertaining, very um, whimsical rapper. And actually I'm remembering something else. Um, I was interviewed by another music journalist who has bipolar disorder um, and she um she asked me who my favorite rapper was at that time and it was young nudie and um i said that i love the way she she wrote like she enjoys the way he bends words in his mouth and i was like that's so weird to say but i agree you know so yeah i think there are a, a few little tentacles here of like why i appreciate nudie but yeah that's that's on brand <laughs> also like this conversation is like very nudie you know like we're mm -hmm. just like we're being very nude in the way that is like yeah. and just like, all right, this is like behind the curtains, you know, mm -hmm. and, but that's what podcasts are so great for. And and when your work on TikTok is so great for, great for, like, I think you are like, you know, you, you're putting yourself out there and, and then people are responding. Like I look at the, yeah. the, the note, you know, the, the comments and like, it's a community like, and yeah. just, and so, you know, we, when we talked to you, you mentioned that you mentioned a bipolar writer, Music mm -hmm. writer, like we talked about, we're talking about your book next. I think it's just, but like we we had an idea, like we should like maybe like get a bunch of bipolar writers to like pick out a bipolar musician and make a chapter and edit together. But mm -hmm. um, we could maybe move that to the end, but <laughs> or move that out. I don't know. I'm just, like, uh, but I want to do your book first. I'm trying to say, um, yeah, yeah. So, so you you had the you had the the, the TikTok platform, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, and now you're on the mainstream, you know, NPR and on Rolling Stone and and so you got this book deal. Can you tell me about the process behind the book deal and like what your what your vision is and was and and if you want to share what's what's more about because it's called Ode to Hip Hop: Fifty Albums That Define Fifty Years of Trailblazing Music. And to me, I was like, Fifty Years of Hip Hop. That's like it's it feels long, but it's not. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it really is that long. But it's it's mm -hmm. it's a long time now. Yeah. So. Can you talk to us about that book if you want to share? If you don't want to, that's, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, I would love to share. So um, the way this book came to into existence is um, just to be honest, I was just going on about my life and I got a cold email from my editor, Ada, 
And um, she was like, hey, I know this is really random, but I love your writing voice. And I think you would be a very, very, um, you know, a very strong choice for this book that I have in mind. So she already kind of knew that she wanted to do a, an, a, a book around the anniversary of hip hop in 2023, but she didn't have a writer and she didn't really have wow. like that much direction. So she was like, what do you think? Do you want to talk about this? And I responded to her the same day. And I think we hopped on a, on a video call the same day. And we were just like, let's talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then beyond that, um, you know, the more we talked, the more I was like, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. And eventually it got to a point where contracts and lawyers and all that stuff were involved. And we got down to the nitty gritty. And now I have a book coming out. So yeah, it's been a, a heck of a process. Because um, a, a history with your mom is so related to hip hop. I know in, in the shuffle post, you said that like, you know, so much of that relationship's history is through through hip hop, you know? So like- so Absolutely. In, is that part of the book? Are you are you like talking about, you know, your history in, in hip hop or is it is it about like how, what, what's the, what's, how would you describe the the genre or the, the way you're, the way you're writing? And, uh, yeah. So I have, um, it's more about the music itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I did ask, you know, I was like, can this be like personal narrative? Cause I would love to do that. But you know, it's more about like the albums, the artists themselves, yeah. which I completely um, am down for. And I completely respect that decision. Um, but yeah, my mother, she was obsessed with hip hop. You know, she um, was born in 61. So she was about 12 when hip hop first came around. And she would tell me stories about how she would discover the the artists that she grew to like and my brother who was born in 81 would tell me stories about how he learned hip-hop through her and then of course my sister you know she's a year older than me and then I came along and my mom just I remember just riding through in a in an old hoopty uh, like beat up old car just riding through the country outskirts of my hometown listening to like UGK you know which is like a, a, hip, a Texas hip-hop group and those are like some of my fondest memories It's just like riding in this raggedy old car with my family, listening to songs that I still hold dear today. So, you know, I think in the future, I would love to write something more personal, but this book is more about like, how can I relate these albums to the artists and how can I share that context with people who love these albums as well? Yeah. Is there one album in particular or a certain year and certain year and album that like, you know, really struck you as, oh, this is, this is the one I'm, you know, so happy to be bringing to light. Like that maybe, is there, is there, are there some of them that are less, less well known or are they all people already know them? Like what are the different kinds of albums that are in the, in the 50? Yeah. So um, I don't know if I can speak about a specific yeah, album yet. Okay, oh, yeah. no, it's okay. I think like the the landing page for the book is going to come out soon. So cool. they'll yeah. have every album on there. But for now, I will say there are quite a few albums that are like canon. You know, they're just like, they are what they are. They had a huge impact on hip hop and that just is what it is. But there are some that I did get in there where I'm very proud. You know, um, like women, you know, there are quite a few women listed um, who aren't really included in traditional hip-hop conversations and you know um yeah I, I'll leave it yeah, there no, I don't want to say that's, too that's much. yeah yeah no no that's that's important yeah yeah I, I I could I love talking to you I could talk to you for <laughs> forever but
let's see i'm just going through the notes here to see if we like kind of i know we were hopping around a little bit yeah so. i'm sorry that's I, oh it's, it's okay yeah, this yeah. is like you're you're it's learning right. this okay, is the I'm part trying. of the yeah. process yeah yeah like it's, it's a you gotta learn by doing right so exactly exactly ideas and I, also, think, mm -hmm. I think that's a good question uh where yeah. is that again that's under e question slash topic two and then it's um roman numeral three or whatever the fuck that is sorry <laughs> yeah 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 mm -hmm. all right right okay let's let's do that question that's a good one um yeah all right okay you know we're we're, we're talking about um how Kanye is alone right uh potentially and you know who who can take care of someone you talk you mentioned how your people in your family took care of you mm -hmm. or took care of you people in my family have done that people friends have done that like this idea of conservatorship you know mm -hmm. um i i've heard this question asked like you know if kanye was a woman you know would they would his talent would he, would he be under a conservatorship right now or would he have been at some certain point mm -hmm. uh can you speak to that like what what are your what are your thoughts on that Oh. Yeah, it's very it's very complicated. Um, I would say, I think there are a couple factors that you know are are included here, and I think one of those is. I hate to. I'm not trying to make this a race thing, but I'm thinking about people who have been placed under yeah. conservatorships, and they are not black. You know, um, you know, you have Britney, you have whomever else, and I don't know if that's ever been like a go-to solution for the black community especially for people who are very famous and very rich yeah. um but i do think if he were a woman it would be much more seriously discussed yeah. um you know i think gosh you know i'm just thinking about women who have had mental health issues black women like actors and actresses or actresses and I'm sorry. Did Whitney have a moment where she was, or am I making is that? Um, I don't know. If she was under a conservative. Yeah. But you know, like that would be a perfect example. You know, um, there's um, like Maya Campbell. She's an actress, and um, I can't remember what her specific diagnosis is, but you know, she kind of just fell off the face of the planet and was deep into her own issues, and you know, it was kind of like she was left by the wayside. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if that would happen to a Kanye because he is a man and he is a very, very um, influential man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I'm thinking about would he, like, I feel like he would fight tooth and nail if anybody were to ever try to do that to him. Right, I right. think he would, I think he would take alternative routes. Um, and I don't know if he you know, I can't speak for him, but, yeah, you know, not, just speaking yeah. from a personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say like, would, would, would you want to be on a conservatorship? Like, let's say, you know, your, your book comes out, you're getting more viral, you know, your, your, your career keeps blossoming the way I, I, I can imagine it doing so like, and then you have an episode and that becomes at jeopardy on, on, mm -hmm. on some level. Like mm -hmm. what, what would you want? Like if you are, you know, in a version of yourself or a version, you know, what, what would you want? I don't know. Yeah. Okay to say. Yeah. So I feel like if I were in a situation where I had much more at risk and I had a much bigger, you know, public persona, 
I would strongly consider it, um, especially because I do, I would like, it would be my sister, you know, yeah. um, I trust her with everything. She's never steered me wrong. She's the only person who's always been there for me through every step of this way. So if I were to be unstable in such a way that I felt uncomfortable with controlling my own quote unquote assets or my own um, financial career or what have you, I would want somebody else to do that for me. You know, I, not to say I like, I would want somebody to control my life, but if I am not in a position where I am making rational decisions and I'm not listening to people who are trying to give me advice about how to conduct myself, maybe then I would do it. But you know, that's kind of like a hypothetical, but yeah. What yeah. about you? I mean, I think I, I sought out a, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists who believe a lot in autonomy because I think, and I just, a friend just tweeted this to me or sent me a tweet and uh, this is controversial probably, but this idea, this person who like committed Kanye in 2016 is coming, mm -hmm. coming back into at least the Twitter stuff right now of like, yeah like send it send some texts that were like hey we can do this the easy way or i can like lock you up and like zombie you i don't know if you, you yeah see i saw yeah. that so it's like uh unfortunately i don't know if it's your experience but i've seen i've seen people like a little bit like that like mm -hmm. I, I like saying you know people people psychiatrists like really like people who in my journey to find the right people to work with who you know talk to you in versions of that way i mean i can't say I think maybe Kanye, maybe he's talking to them that way because that's like how Kanye likes to confront, be confronted sometimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's helpful mm -hmm. in some way, but maybe it's out of context. But it's also like some there is this idea that like doctors know better than the person who is the patient, and I just don't believe that anymore because I, I've been I I think that like the patient is ultimately in control of their life and, and to, to 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 the fullest extent. So, and there's there's there are studies, I mean, I can show the the links, but there's, but the basic study is like, you know, the outcomes are actually better. This is going to sound weird. The outcomes are better the, for people not on medicine. And mm -hmm. I know, and that's, there's, you probably find signs on both sides, but there are real studies that are showing that, um, mm -hmm. especially in the developing world. Uh, and, you know, we have to take that into account, you know, take into account that like what he's saying and what I'm, I'm, I'm I think like, at this point, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm on the side of like, I'm trying to go down to medicine. Like, I don't know if you, like, I look a lot better because I'm not all this weight. I feel better. I'm, um, you know, it's just, there's, there's reasons to be on lower medicines or less medicines. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want more autonomy in my life. And I want, there needs to be conversations where it's not like my people, my people are conversing about me and then are like, and then, okay, this is what's happening to you now. It's like, mm -hmm. I want to have the enough i think i have enough reason so far in all my experiences where i can have a conversation and make decisions together um mm -hmm. but, you know i again again i guess i don't know how bad it could get in terms of because you were saying you had times where you were like had no memory you know no, you know yeah no, yeah yeah that's and... an extreme that i can't say i've had so mm -hmm. so and again these are all the variabilities of the human and experience and the, and the, I guess the bipolar experience. So, yeah, you know, there are definitely moments that I don't recall. And some of that, most of that is due to severe, uh, medication. 
you know I feel like I was like the the whole zombie comment that that person yeah. made I was like oh god you know like it just made me feel some type of way because you know I have been very very manic to the point where there is no other choice like I've you know had an injection in my buttocks you know like I've yeah. I've been there so I know what it's like to be zombified or whatever the phrase was and it's not it's not fun um it's not pretty it's not memorable you know or it is but I can't remember it yeah. and um or you know it's so it's memory you ever have you know? yeah exactly you know like I remember you know getting the injection in that specific situation and then I don't remember anything for about a week or two and then finally I, I started to come back to myself and I'm like oh wow I'm here again like I don't ever want to end up in a situation like this again so um yeah uh I definitely don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life um I know that that is what most of us are told to do if we want yeah. to curb it yeah. and keep it at bay but you know I I don't know if I want to have kids but if I do I'm gonna to have to figure this out because the meds that I'm on are very very dangerous to a fetus so you know it's like how how will I figure that out I'm sure with a, a doctor and a psychiatrist or what have you but just the fact that I even have to deal with this in general is really frustrating and I don't I don't believe that like meds are bad because right. they've helped me a lot you yeah. know they've helped stabilize me and they've helped me keep episodes you know away for a few years now but um you know I don't I've had like issues with like weight gain I've had a full body rash yeah. I've had grogginess you know lack yeah. of creativity I've had it all so I definitely understand the folks who choose not to take it yeah that's yeah it's a it's it's a valid question and I think when we when we take that question away from people that's just that's not fair so it's yeah. just putting them in a, a, a box or you know prison where you want to call it yeah do you want to talk a, a little bit more or do, do we want to have a conversation more about race and religion people may have covered this but you I think you have a great perspective on this is like how Kanye said things about the black culture and then nothing happened. And then when he mm -hmm. says something about my, you know, whatever culture, then things are happening. Is that, is that something you want to bring up or do you, do you feel like we could talk about that or is what, how you, mm. yeah. Or yeah. You wanna, I mean, yeah. we can talk about it. I don't know if I have much to say yeah. um, just because it is what it is, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like when certain um, groups are targeted, it's much more intensified the reaction, you know, the cancellation process or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, you know, it, when he's speaking about like slavery was a choice as he did a few years back, of course there was backlash, there was anger, but there was, and there was like, there was, there were consequences. Yeah. Um, people, many, many people decided they no longer wanted to support him. Yeah. And many of them were black, you know? And as time has progressed, people are now saying, well, I canceled him a long time ago. You know, I didn't, I don't listen to him anymore. He gets no play in this house. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But now it's like much more serious because there are, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it's not just like an internal dialogue anymore. You know, it's like, it's not just a, a conversation within the community. It's the entire world that is now listening in and being like, oh, this dude is like, on something or he's like off something or whatever way you want to say it yeah. so um you know it's it's um 
it's just disheartening because, you know, I, I know folks in my personal life who have been extreme Kanye stands for their entire lives. And now they won't even touch them with a 10 foot pole because of this disorder. And I'm not saying it's only because of this disorder, but it's a huge part of it. And that's kind of like, I think where something is getting lost in translation because it's just, it's not as simple as Kanye being Kanye, you know, it's like, yes, he is who he is, but there's also something standing in the way of him getting his clear point across. And maybe, maybe if he was, I don't know, maybe he is completely stable right now. We just are unaware, you know, we don't know, but like I was saying earlier, there are textbook symptoms that I relate to very, very strongly. And that's why I I think it's important that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out to take take go on a risk here and just say something else is like I think it's really as a Jewish person, I think it's really a punitive sometimes, you know, instead of I think it's like it can be really punitive when people make mistakes, like and and even if it's like I'm I'm about to cut this part out, but it's it, it's basically what I'm trying to get to is like, there are things, you know, there are, there is truth within untruth. I think that's what happens in bipolar is that there's, there are true versions of what is happening. And then we're trying to make that truth come to light and it gets confused or it gets latched on in weird ways. But like, you look at like the history of the entertainment industry, you know, I was at the Academy Museum on Saturday, like, it was started by Jewish people, like from, you know, in a, in a big way. And like, so, mm-hmm. you know, Jewish people that I have read about have been like, well, they're not talking about that. And so it's like, there's a reverse thing where it's like, okay, well, well you, so do we want to talk about our pride in, in, in starting this film business, or we want mm-hmm. to take that narrative out. So it's not like known in a way that it would draw anti-Semitism or something like that, or mm-hmm. like you know, the history of business in the music industry. I mean, Again, these are generalities, but you know, there were a lot of Jewish businessmen. There still are, you know, it's like, and then what happens, I think, because it's just from my own personal experience, is like, so there mm-hmm. are some realities. Mm-hmm. And then you things happen in your personal life that then you start connecting to the realities and then go further into conspiracies. Like, yes, you know, like like take Pete Davidson, like, you know, it's whatever, he's part Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. And you, the person is taking away your your wife i mean we don't need to say that in that way like that's maybe what he's interpreting it as like it's Mm -hmm. by their own choice they can be in relationships or not but like Mm -hmm. you know so then you can see like to me you can start to see some of these like things that could happen where you're like okay this white person this jewish person potentially and you start categorizing that and then like you know you look at people in your business life and there's been you know you can i can just see how things can can go from reality and to personal and like what I'll call a neologistic where like it's just only you're making these connections that are again they're not really true but there's still something that happens like and that happens to me too like I'll grab things from culture and from and then apply it in a in a strange way and like so to to say that person is hatred in their heart that person is like you know cancel them like it's just it's just it doesn't sit with me right as a Jew like I and then like and maybe because I I'm not saying I put bipolar first, but I just, I think as a human, like it doesn't say with me to say like, well, you're out, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, and I don't know. I, I, 
and again, like, like I said, I was, I was at a place that was directly of, affected by this ramification. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I had that, I had that anger towards him and in, in that moment actually and fear. And so I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but I just, I just at least want to say that. I don't know. Maybe, is there anything that you, that you could add to what I just said? I'm, again, I'm not the best. Yeah, person. absolutely. I want to, I want to touch on um you saying like, you don't necessarily put bipolar before, you know, being Jewish. Um, but you do feel that, that, that level of like, um, attachment to it, you know, something that is a part of you. So, um, you know, I feel the same way, like I wouldn't put it before my blackness, but it is something that I feel has changed me. And I feel like it has changed the way that I interact with people, not just from like, um, a, a mental health perspective, but a human perspective, like, I feel much more at peace with myself and I feel more loving toward other people. Like I feel, I just feel like I have nothing to lose, you know, like not to be like, yeah, you know, I could be dead tomorrow. But what I'm saying is like, I feel like the experiences that I have have pushed me to a place where I understand much more deeply what someone is going through, even if I haven't been through it myself. Mm, yeah that's yeah yeah i think we need more of that whatever it takes to get to that mm-hmm. empathy you know people use that word uh sympathy mm-hmm. yeah um i get and i guess we all we should we have to say is that we don't responsibility and and how we manage what people say as well yeah it's just i think everything is a poll bipolar is a great word because like everything is a poll you have empathy and you have accountability and you know mm-hmm. where where do things lie on that poll uh and how do we manage that as a culture and communities? And, you know, we're so just having a conversation. We don't know the answers and, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or well, we, we will don't know the answers and we do know some answers. That's like, <laughs> I like uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just say like, you know, I think grace and understanding, you know, and I think that's a word that it's a Christian word grace, but it's also, you know, there's, there's gotta be Jewish words and there's gotta be every culture's words to say the same thing, which is like, this conversation needs grace. Like for me, mm. probably, especially yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I, like, it's like, I probably said things that are going to offend people in my life or, or not. I don't know, but uh, I think we all need grace. And, and I, so I want to thank you for, you know, coming on and just being you and sharing um, from the heart and just saying whatever comes up and just, and, and, and I think that's what we, that's what I was hoping to have in this conversation. I'm, and I'm so thankful you joined to do that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really hope that folks will listen to this and listen to us and just get a different perspective on life. That's all I want. Yeah, that's well said. And uh, we will do one shuffle at the end. <laughs> uh, we'll do it off camera. But let's do it right now. Just Yeah, see. why not? Let's see what happens. We'll play it out over the credits. All right, <laughs> happening. Let's see what happens. man wait am i shoveling or are you shoveling i'm shoveling but it just takes okay. so long. i don't know what's going okay. on. <laughs> uh it's it's something i don't know what's taking so long again um hmm. has this ever happened before okay it does take as long as sometimes maybe because all things are going at the same time but mm, yeah we got a song called mia cuerpo okay I, which I think means my body, my my skin. 
my it makes me my skin doesn't it corpo be a corpo let's look it up i feel like that means like my bad or my apology i might be lying though well, that's me a copa which, which oh, is okay yeah possible yeah 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 okay i mean that's also possible let me see if that's else that's funny i mean that's a great be a corpo. yeah it means my body okay means- my body okay and then it's by someone called El Inspector de la Salsa. So inspecting, inspector, uh, anyway, we'll use this or not, but <laughs> my body, mia culpa, both those things mm-hmm. are in play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll, wrap, we'll, we'll wrap this up. We'll, again, thanks for doing the first one. Uh, and I'm going to link to all of Kiana's amazing work and her TikTok. And uh, and and thank you so much, Kiana, for, for doing this and supporting uh my growth and I can't wait to see this book come out and everything else you do. So thank you. I appreciate you. I really do. Okay. I do too. We'll, we'll let it go there. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs>